How often do we get to read poetry? Outside of classrooms, there are not too many opportunities for most people to take time out and ease into the flow of words directing us through verse and feeling, to inflict cadence upon the heart and leaps in the mind. I love meeting people who boldly declare when I ask the typically unoriginal question, what do you do? I'm a poet, or I write poetry. There are a few people out there who work in restaurants, or in banks, or in sales, or sports, or teaching who write poetry, night after night. When you ask them what they do, they limit themselves to their paid exertions, and perhaps decide to keep hidden the divine depth their poetry gives them. Why? Is it the lack of confidence of the poet? Or the lack of appreciation society has for their art? Or is it the weight of the title, Poet? Poet Ty, thank you for taking the time to speak with me and for sharing your work. Enjoy. The podcast from Kuana Mike is, I think it's really cool and um, that is what I wanted to say. Two and a mic. Ty, thank you very much for coming to join me on the podcast. How are you doing, man? I'm good. Thank you, Zach. Yeah. So, um, obviously, we might as well put it in from the beginning. So, we both share uh, at least two passions, um, perhaps more than that. But uh, the first one, which uh, brought us uh, together, is basketball. But, yeah, so the other passion that um, we both share is poetry which um yeah i don't know how well that uh, intertwines with basketball but it doesn't necessarily have to um yeah what uh, what drew you to poetry yeah just the start i actually saw a study that they coincide somehow there's one study in the states that i read but i'm not too sure on the details really? <laughs> yeah um i always knew since i was eight i wanted to be a writer i just always imagined myself as like a novelist or a short story a uh, writer and then I went to college in the states and there was a professor that really pushed me into poetry and I never looked back from then and uh yeah now I write every day and stuff like that mm, okay I mean do you still want to write or are you still considering writing short stories or a novel or are you very happy in poetry I think so down the line i still kind of get a knack for short stories novel writing is a totally different beast in marathon i think and uh, i don't i do want to but i do want to poetry is just kind of when i write something it just becomes a poem at this point so i do want to see where that goes and then you know people who like start off as an actor and they become a director or blah like i see myself like maybe i do poetry and then and then move on from there okay do you not get involved in other kinds of performances um not really i'm thinking about it but mostly the so i run a collective here in berlin with my best friend hannah and we host events and concerts and workshops and whatnot and those things i like mc so that's not really art but i like organizing those events as well and getting in front of people 
Okay, all right, yeah, because you mentioned before something which for some reason in my mind translated into the performing arts, um, but okay, all right, so yeah, we could talk about those things maybe on another occasion just to hear what kind of things you do in Berlin, um, because what, what also really interests me is this amalgamation of different cultures, so obviously um, you're from Japan, you're Japanese, but then you've also experienced the USA, and now you're in uh, Germany. Um, I mean, these are quite distinct cultures, aren't they? They are, yeah. I mean, I've been very, I mean, grew up very privileged. I'm privileged to have those things. And I, I don't know, I try not to complain because I know there are other people who are refugees or whatever, but it's definitely been like nice growing experiences for me to spend like, you know, a good amount of time in three different continents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and do your do your poems because uh, we'll get into some more detail. Do your poems reflect more your roots or your the the sort of travel uh, elements that you've picked up? Um, I think inherently my roots come out just because it's part of me. A lot of what inspires me is change around me or traveling or you know the sort of environment that's surrounding me but sort of i don't know if it's, sometimes it's intentional sometimes it's not that like you know i grew up in a japanese household speaking japanese until i was like 18 so that part of me is always going to be in my art for sure mm -hmm. do you miss it um i miss the food i miss <laughs> <laughs> there's uh, japanese food in berlin <laughs> there is it's, it's kind of expensive or far and few between <laughs> i think it's just sort of i really you know, i grew up very westernized and i've been very i'm like very multicultural westernized in my way but there's a certain understanding with people from your own culture that certain things just don't need to be said and sometimes mm -hmm. i do miss that kind of thing and of course you miss home and your family you know true yeah no of course uh, i'm with you on that I've, i mean people wouldn't they ask me do i miss london i said i don't miss places i miss people yeah. um and um yeah I, I couldn't care where i find myself um if if the people my family the you know my kids the people i grew up with um are around me then i don't miss for anything really um sure, so yeah. um yeah i'm completely with you on that um yeah, as I said before, I love discussions of, of culture. And, and then you mentioned how the, the Western culture, or at least some elements of Japan, have really you know, embraced Western culture. And I mean, nowadays, which is nothing new, um, we tend to see some significant political divides um, either emerging as a sort of wave. You know, sometimes it's a bigger divide, sometimes it's smaller. At the moment, there seems to be something of a bigger divide. Um, to what do you accredit this? I, I don't know what the right word is to say for how Western culture is considered in Japan. I mean, is there a love affair with it? Is it like a, a love-hate relationship? What's it like? I'm just going to take the last part. So basically, there is a, especially with the West or like uh, like the U.S. in general, they say like whatever happens in the States happens 10 years later in Japan. And there's a sort of love-hate. Like we think Americans or white people are like better and superior 
and in a way that because our beauty standards are also the like lighter and pay, paler you are you're considered more beautiful and taller and you know and um but at the same time it's so i never advise my white friends to move to japan because like at first you'd be like oh you're so beautiful blah but then they'll never kind of accept you as part of the culture and you'll be you'll be put on a pedestal but at the same time you won't be good enough to be japanese and so that's the kind of relationship that we have with westerners which um you know it's how it is and for the first part i don't know i don't know if i i didn't get the exact question but i think a lot of it comes down to japan a lot of asia is a collectivist culture so it's about like it's not about you it's about what's good for the group and what's good for everyone else and that can be really nice as a society but really terrible for your individuality and vice versa in the west it's about like take care of yourself first like and then see what happens which is sort of really liberating from my point of view because it's not what I was taught and you can kind of focus on yourself but then if everyone's just doing their own thing then it's bound to create like a divide in society I feel mm. yeah I think yeah the divisions to which I was uh, alluding before and in the waves is because sometimes it's closer sometimes it's further away I, I think it's very easy to forget some of the complicated history that exists between uh, sort of different countries and the empires that they then create and so on um but we do. F I do find that it's there are some obviously nations in in, in Asia um, which have a kind of a bridge built with Western culture, and others which blatantly reject it or simply consider it uh, an evil necessity, uh, as it were, to to have these relationships. Um, I also recently. I don't know if this is a touchy subject or not, but uh, I recently watched the movie Oppenheimer um, and I've read lots of articles that have stated that this particular movie was, and this is very far from what we want to talk about, but it's just interesting for me. And um, it's apparently banned in Japan. Is that still the case? I have no idea. I didn't, I didn't know. From my understanding is that uh, a lot of people in Japan are very unhappy with it and apparently a very large number of 9-11 um, memes started to come out from Japan because of this. Um, have you, I mean you have friends in the US as well I guess from your time there. Have you discussed any kind of uh, animosity which this film may have sort of brought up again? I, so it was kind of, I didn't know what it was about and then I realized what it was about and I felt the sort of I watched it with my girlfriend and I felt a sort of unease because there's always some sort of it's kind of like a like a wound that's never healed this World War II atomic bomb thing is coming as a Japanese person and it's like all over the culture and at first I was like well this seems to kind of justify and glorify this person but then as the movie went on I kind of saw I don't know I don't know if the movie's accurate I don't know. I don't have the historic knowledge for that, but it seems the the argument was that they had to drop the bombs in order for the Japanese to surrender, and that kind of made sense to me. And I think I don't know. I mean, war, war I think is wrong, you know, and like neither side is right or wrong. There are nuances, but I don't think it's right for Japan to claim this victimhood. Whenever you watch a documentary about Japan, like World War II starts with the atomic bomb and everything else is kind of negated in Japanese history as far as how we explain it. I don't think that's right. And I don't think 
atomic bombs are necessarily yeah i don't know what the word for it is but there's a sort of lack of accountability on both sides i feel like yeah i, I think there are some significant elements of the movie which are historically correct especially the uh, the internal corruptions of washington these mechanisms uh, and, and so on that existed there but we after the movie uh, i had to obviously go and fact check a few things and um watch a couple of documentaries and, and apparently oppenheimer was far more involved in the decision making process of where to drop the bombs um and he i believe made so he recommended uh small urban areas to to give us a, a significant impact um whereas the movie kind of makes out that he he didn't want that to happen no. um and and that's perhaps not a fair representation of what happened mm -hmm. so, yeah war is never a good thing nobody ever wins um <laughs> we can see that play out now uh, and uh, I, I think things are going to get significantly worse um as time develops but as a means of dealing with the iniquities, with the pain, uh, with the the hate, and so on, um, we have art, we have artistry, we have love, we have relationship building, um, and, and I find poetry delivers very powerful messages in very interesting ways. Do you want to talk a bit about? your style before i ask you to kindly read a little bit if you wish um but do you want to talk a bit about your style because when you sent me your text i, I look at it and it's not the traditional poem that i grew up reading mm -hmm. so i that's what first struck me is oh wow this is a, has a completely different structure yeah so uh, i'm assuming so it doesn't have a sort of meter or rhyme scheme or anything and it's also it's also not slam poetry and it's performative quality it's more spoken word um i'm influenced very much by the modernists of the 20s so it's from like the virginia wolf t.s Eliot, hemingway is more of a realist but like james joyce uh gertrude stein the whole kind of group that was hanging out in paris um the sort of post-world war one um there's a lot of just disjunctiveness there's a lot of disillusionment um and which is seen in the format of the writing as well and um my style so it's very stream of consciousness i used to just kind of write down whatever came to my mind and these days these days i still do that but it's more edited and i try to kind of you know be better at my craft every day <laughs> yeah which wh why not um but there is obviously also this beauty in the raw communication of feelings especially when i mean whenever i've tried to partake in some form of artistic endeavor i i tend to find that if i'm in a certain zone um mm -hmm. that can that can lead to anywhere it, it can either lead to absolute crap which afterwards has no meaning to myself either um or i find i've written something which is quite powerful um mm -hmm yeah i mean where do you fall in that particular zone um i mean i could talk about this forever but like <laughs> i i'm pretty confident about my writing and my process um i think i'm a good writer i think i have talent and yet i think there's like a lifetime 
worth the room of improvement. Um, I think I think I still write for my own uh, like self fulfillment, which is fine. But I think there's I still have a room of room of improvement and poetry that really resonates with people or really touches on the subject matter or things like I have a mentor in the city who's you know kind of helps me from time to time. But I need to read more. There's a lot I need to do. Like I'm I I guess I'm confident in my potential, but I'm not there yet. Yeah, do you want to read a bit of something that you've picked out, and then we can maybe talk about that as well, and uh, yeah, and then people can understand more what we're talking about with the stylistic element and uh, some of your other influences. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was thinking about which one to read. I'll read my most recent one that I sent to you on chat. It's called um, "The Wind Takes the Drums to My Ears." I'm trying to find the words to describe guilt as music plays around me, you, not us. How I feel about the people around you, spiritual, him. I smile, shake hands, and my heart drops a few inches, I feel. It's a calm darkness that surrounds my heart. And life isn't too fun and casual. There are consequences. I'm not too sure you consider my my not too far gone lover where have we gone still here still here there seems to be change which you do not comprehend do not wish to comprehend I can't seem to sink into the sweetness the pure jovial sweetness of us I fear it's gone I fear it's not fear I fear you might not hear this Thank you. Yeah, fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I loved it reading it. Um, one of the things about poetry, w whenever I've read it, I've never had the the divine opportunity of asking the poet whether or not what I have consumed from the words um, is accurate in any way. Mm -hmm. um, so what I get from this is a certain depth of loneliness, um, a sense of loss, uh, a sense of disappointment. Um, but I mean, these are perhaps just on the, on the surface. Um, you you talk about a darkness that surrounds your heart. So I mean, how much of these are of what I've said is accurate? Uh, let's let's go that route, and then afterwards we can perhaps talk about other things i mean i mean you're pretty spot on like i i mean it's 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 about guilt which i talk about in the first line but it is loneliness and loss and disappointment and this piece is about a particular feeling um and a certain situation and it's pretty straightforward mm. uh, even for me and um yeah i think you're pretty spot on with the feelings you described Mm -hmm. Do you like to give these clear, bold messages when you write, or do you also have um, the occasional desire to be a bit more subliminal, uh, a bit more hidden uh, in some of your meanings? And what is it which makes you decide that with a particular poem? Mm, I mean, I really definitely tend to go more subliminal and elusive 
and I find that to be where the craft is when um, I mean sometimes I just say it like guilt or loneliness or whatever darkness but um, the real joy in for me reading poetry is kind of trying to read between the lines and trying to read over and over again what is he or she trying to say and a lot of you know what you're told in writing classes show don't tell so like don't tell me she's sad but show me she's sad or like try to give the reader more to work with um mm. so before my poetry used to be just like what, what is he talking about and that doesn't work either but if i'm just writing you know i don't want it to be a diary entry either so it's like mm. somewhere in the middle yeah is it easier for your poetry to be accepted when it's uh, more on the surface, do you feel? Um, and to what you were alluding to earlier, so perhaps a bit more of these more abstract themes that are sort of hidden away, um, keep or create a distance between the reader and the poem? This is, yeah, I mean, this is an interesting question because I try not to be pretentious about my art and my poetry, but at the same time, I can't accept everything and of course i appreciate people who appreciate poetry and my poetry um but i personally don't want my writing to just be like um oh my god I, this is relatable or he's sad or there's i want there to be more depth than that in terms of that's where the the craft is you know i'm not saying those those things aren't art but like it's about can I chew on this? Does this have a different meaning when I come back to it? Does this have a different meaning when I read on the biography of the author? Does this, like good movies, you come to it very different times. Uh, and every time there's you, there's a different side of the movie that resonates with you. And I want to write something like that. Mm. I, I find it always quite interesting because whenever I read uh, critiques of either stories, whether they're short or long or poems, um, regardless of style, Sometimes the reviewer says, oh, fantastic, the, the, the depth of feeling and sentiment and, you know, sort of dynamic mechanism and so on. Um, and then you get other reviews, uh, reviewers commenting on the same poem or story or whatever or material in general. And they say, I didn't understand a word, completely abstract, um, don't know where they were going, don't know what inspired them and so on. Um, and, and what I often find very interesting is there are, I don't know, hundreds of examples of poems in every language i imagine where you mm -hmm. can spend an entire course studying and at the end you still wouldn't get a class of literature students to agree on the meaning for sure yeah so what is then the difference and those are story those are poems or stories which are considered classics mm -hmm. but reviewers nowadays if they can't understand it automatically oh no it doesn't mean anything um yeah, how can we, on the one hand, revere these literary greats for their depth and so on, and yet, on the other hand, not show the same willingness to understand in modern poets? That's an interesting question because, of course, there's a sort of you need you. I mean, you have to respect people who've put the work in and really kind of writes as a professional poet. You know, like a lot of. I took a class in college about T.S. Eliot's at the Wasteland. The entire semester was about this one poem because he references like 30 books. <laughs> and that's just a different kind of, you know, craft versus what I'm doing where I just, I experience life and I just write it down. Um, 
but also if if no one can understand it unless you've read these hundred books then does it make it that much smarter or no on the other hand it's you know there's a short attention span sort of culture where it needs to hit or it's gone and that's what i'm kind of struggling with because i used to put my po poems on instagram but no one's trying to really sit down and read a poem on instagram it's not really the platform for it um but yeah there's something to be said about a piece of art that just resonates with someone instantly and there's an accessibility to it um I don't know i'm struggling with it right now because i do want people to appreciate my poems i'm not too sure i have an answer right now mm -hmm. yeah I, I, it's not necessarily the need that sometimes it's the journey which is uh what counts and not necessarily the uh the, the final um elements which bring it to a conclusion what you said reminds me when i i lived in part of my Italy for four years and there was um there was a building in the center of the square where regardless of what bar what was established or set up it it would never achieve success whereas a, a bar on the other side of the street was always packed mm -hmm. um and i think there was even an occasion when the person who owned the successful bar also moved into that building and, and that also didn't work oh. yeah um and what i'm kind of thinking about is how much is luck a factor in perhaps a person going from being relatively unknown to then like a I don't know, a poet laureate or um, somebody who has a, a regular column writing poetry in mainstream uh, magazines and so on. I mean, you know, what is the journey necessarily that has to happen? Do you need to have like the best review from from what to for that to happen? So first of all, I. Um... A full-time poet, I think, is a very elusive term in terms of, I don't know if that exists outside of maybe like 10 people. Mm. So I don't know if I search that as a realistic goal. And secondly, just in general, I feel like with a lot of mostly artistic professions, you have to be extremely lucky. And a lot of it is just, I mean, you can work hard and do all these things, and then you can just kind of not reach success or fame or whatever you're looking for. And but like to be lucky, you need to be in places to be lucky. So you need to be in those places and rooms and opportunities and keep trying. So that's why hard work matters. And um, I don't know if it's a Berlin mindset that I've adopted, but like I'm going to be writing for the rest of my life. And that's just a fact. And, you know, I'm, I'd, I'd be lying if I say I didn't care about what happened with my writing. But it'd be nice to get to a place with my writing where it's acknowledged or I can kind of know about touring but like performing and engage with other things and poetry gets used in some other thing but it's a lifelong journey and um if anyone who has a passion knows that it's just kind of what you would do if you weren't getting paid anyways which i'm doing right so, so like it's um on one hand yeah like you know recognition is nice but i just want to write so sure yeah now I, I get that too i mean i have written um stories as opposed to i mean i've written poetry but none of it has um i, I don't even save some of the poems that i write which is ridiculous to be honest but uh yeah it's just uh sometimes i i get this out a need to pour out some sentiments onto yeah a digital page um and, and then that's uh, that's about it and then it's done and it's gone um i mean i sometimes see uh reviews or adverts uh articles about 
poetry books. So uh, a poet will publish a book uh, of uh, her favorite poems or the poems that she has compiled, for example. Um, and I remember also reading that um, for as in, the main money for musicians and groups is in these compilation albums. So um, from what you are aware, is that a similar situation in poetry? I mean, would you potentially be able to make money producing books of your poetry? Or is it better for you to have one of your or two of your poems in a compilation of 2023's best poems on love, for example? So I'm not sure the financial aspects of that. I know I have a friend who's published like 12, 13 books of poetry in his home country, and he's still pretty, you know, he's still struggling. So like, just kind of poetry books don't sell like that. And I guess compilations, that would be nice in terms of recognition, but then you would want to be on the compilations for people to buy your books anyways. So unless you hit like that extreme certain like margin, then I don't think it's gonna. I mean, Drake, Drake released a poetry book, and it just sells because it's Drake, and it's not. It's just really hard to kind of get into the, where you're just living off of books of poetry, and yeah, maybe you tour, but that's about it. Okay, is this Drake of Toronto Raptors? Uh... Yeah, the rapper. Yeah, he released this like poetry <laughs> book, which like I'm not too interested in reading, and it got like terrible reviews from all these poets. But like, of course, his fans are gonna buy it, and that's just because he's famous. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. I, I guess that's uh, that. That's the important point, then, isn't it? Because that's that's not even necessarily connected to a person's talent in the area. It's just uh, the name. Um, yeah. The digital art, I guess, um, or the printed uh, art, I should say, has over the last 20 or 30 years experienced a significant change um, with regards to the competition that it faces uh, through other kinds of uh, entertainment mediums and so on. And obviously for both of us, uh, you much more so. Um, passion in poetry means that it will always remain relevant for us. Mm -hmm. um, but have you seen... A, a kind of dwindling of interest in poetry in general or do you still do you think poetry has always been niche anyway so i think there's been an increase so with spoken word poetry is there then there are channels like button poetry or stuff like that on youtube which is more slam poetry and that's catching fire like there are competitions all the time here in Germany and, and um, if you widen it to like hip hop or music to that point, where I think is when music is the most common form in which people consume poetry, um, there's been a rise. But if they're, if you're talking about like just print reading poetry, it's always, I mean, other than the times when it was, there was a poet laureate and a kingdom and you, whatever, like it's gonna be niche, I think. Um, and, and do you participate in uh, some of these competitions? Um, so I'm not a slam poet, so I don't, sorry, I don't participate in any slam competitions. But I mean, I run my own events where it's poetry night or artist showcases, or I've performed and I've been invited to perform different events. So I've done that. Yeah. Okay. And also just for information purposes, can you give me a link where you know we may be able to you know catch uh, information on some of these events? Do you have a, a fixed place where you 
include your agenda, as it were? Sure, yeah, I do it as part of my collective, and whenever there's an event, uh, I put it out there, but it's usually on my Instagram or my collective's Instagram, yep. Okay, all right, cool. So I'll, I'll need those details, if that's okay, and then I can put them in the, uh, the, the podcast notes as well later on. Of course, yeah. yeah. And people can follow you from there, um, me included. Um, yeah. Okay. And, and what about the, the the audio for? As you said, reading. As in, do you also have your own YouTube channel or TikTok or whatever it is where you read some of your poetry, or do you prefer it to be received by the reader in the voice that the reader would like to attribute to it? I've tried doing TikToks. I just took a TikTok workshop back, actually, so uh -huh. <laughs> I'm okay. it better. But um, I'm I'm more for reading it on text. But now I've, I've realized that I need to adapt to the way people consume different uh, mediums. So I'm trying to collaborate with other artists, whether it be like a poetry video, a poetry and like music, a poetry and dance. And so I'm trying to venture out on those things uh, right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I would like to also include in the notes of the podcast um, some of the one or two of the verses, or maybe one is enough uh, by by your permission, of course, just so that people can see the structure that you <laughs> write in, because it would not, unless people are familiar or can familiarize or can, I suppose, uh, imagine the pauses in which you recited your poem uh, to then into the way that it's written, um, it, they probably wouldn't realize exactly what structure that you provide. Um, mm -hmm. How much of that structure is inspired by Japanese writing? Japanese writing. Hmm. It's more inspired by the sort of modernists that I talk about, but Japanese writing is very much heavy, but it's also about you know, Japanese is it's, it depends a very indirect place. We never say what we truly feel or say. So I definitely get that from there. Um, and the sort of stoicism and humility, I'm sure, plays a part, but none of it's like intentional or conscious. It's just the more style I get from uh, like T.S. Eliot and others. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I've never read Japanese writing, you could imagine. Um, <laughs> I, if somebody were to ask me to describe it, I would say it's far more vertical than horizontal. That's yeah, uh, that's yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, but I see that in your poetry, and is that in some way connected? Um, do your thoughts emerge better in this vertical style or fashion? That's a very interesting question. Maybe I just. I might be giving myself more credit than it's due, but <laughs> I'm still trying to, you know, there's a sort of relation, complicated relationship at home that one has, especially uh, me as a person who's not speaking on mother tongue, who doesn't live in my country, um, which is a whole other subject. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of just flows better for me and it's more pleasing for me to look at. And also whenever I try to write prose, it just comes out very poetic anyways, um, which, which might be a problem in itself. But um, I don't know, it's just kind of how it comes out, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, like I say, I mean, 
it's one of the things that really struck me was that this is very very unconventional in this and convention is so related to it's so subjective i mean my convention is different to the person who grew up next to me um mm. so therefore i wouldn't necessarily say there's a common convention which i would apply but um these sort of uh verse heavy uh more sort of left to right sentences and, and structures is, is what i was uh uh, yeah. referring to it and that's very different in yours there's a lot of shape there's a lot of movement um in, in your presentation yeah it just i don't know when it's like blog text like that i just it just feels very cramped and sort of heavy on the eyes as well which like that's i don't know that's how i perceive it yeah mm. okay all right yeah interesting um because I, I think yeah, art has many different elements to it, and the way that it's presented is also uh, in itself an art. Um, and uh, yeah, I find that, you know, why would you, why do you sometimes finish a sentence here and not somewhere else? Why do you cut short a thought in this way and not in another way? Why do you introduce a character here and not there? You know, all of these things, um, and millions of others, of course, I suppose, go through your mind when you are creating uh, these poems. Um, sometimes there are no answers to why a decision is made. It's true, yeah. I mean, I do play with it, like uh, end of a sentence that the next line plays into the next sentence, so there's a you know, double entendre, or the way I cut the sentence like really projects more of my loneliness, so there's a sort of, if I can't get a message across and I cut the sentence in half, it doesn't come across as smooth, or there's more impression that it's hard for me to say the thing but also the way i read it changes when i read it and how i'm feeling obviously um yeah and sometimes i just do things because it looks nice or sounds nice yeah mm, yeah um when i used to write because i haven't had the chance to write for a, a number of years now which is really unfortunate i say i haven't had the chance to write i, I i'm doing other stuff and so therefore it's my fault I'm, i don't want to say it's life has taken this away from me it's bollocks um but i used to love writing at night um and darkness plays a theme uh quite mm -hmm. a powerful theme with you do you also like to write at night i do and um i love staying up and i'm most creative at night and I'm trying to balance that with trying to get up early and be create productive, but definitely a night writer. Yeah, I, I don't know why it is. I don't know what it is about the, the silence of the night, as it were, perhaps you know, not having all of those common noises around you, not having light sort of shining in and disturbing my train of thought. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I find darkness to be less pervasive um, for what I have inside that needs to come out, I guess. I don't know yeah there's like a cafe around the corner for me and just complete silence the other night and it was just so nice to just write there and kind of sit yeah Taya, there are so many things that we could talk about and some other topics that you've also mentioned that maybe we could uh touch on in in future episodes um but just just one thing i i, I find poems to be very intense either mm -hmm. because they're written with a specific emotion or because they are perhaps self-reflective um and you want to communicate something or the artist wants to communicate something um how difficult is it for you sometimes to talk about your more personal poems if people ask you questions and do you actually think about that is this like a, a way 
you use to kind of um, apply censorship to what you write because you don't want to reveal something. It, is, it, I don't know if any of this makes sense, but it, yeah. it, does that play a part? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think in general, I try to live life very honestly and openly. I'm sure people can attest to this where I'm just pretty myself all the time. And if anyone asks me a question, I'll answer them honestly. So at this point, anything I write and share, I'm willing to talk about, you know, if it's in the right context. Um, but at the same time, um, I don't know, a good friend told me that he, that it seems like I play it safe in my poems. Like it's really nice, but he's saying like, I don't think you talk about all your insecurities, which I think is true and which is something I need to work with. And I think it has to do with the concept of home and how I relate to it. And um, at this point, I've basically mainly written in English and I'm trying to explore that part of myself. It's Japanese or later down the line, it's German, whatever. But um, there's definitely a level deeper that I can go. And it's, I think I definitely have that sort of feel that nakedness and vulnerability when I write in Japanese, when you know everyone I grew up with and my parents can understand um it's a very complicated subject for me because i don't understand a lot of it so on the one hand yes but on the other hand there are other things that i'm not even aware of that about that i i don't really reveal i guess hmm. okay yeah that is um that's great definitely something for, for for us to explore then uh on, on future occasions um just to to close it out then would you like to read another just sure. maybe just a little piece from uh, from another one of your poems. Sure, yeah, there was um, the other poem. It's a little long, that's okay. But um, it's called June 16th, Friday. The apart, they find random words and songs. A somber Friday I spend with you. Sticky and consciousness I find on conscious steps to a rather forgetful afternoon i ramble find you in the streets corners filled with gunk i'm trying to tell you the street lamps they aren't covered with cobwebs but in my grandfather's attic my little legs used to get caught up in them and somehow the smell reminds me of us i think the tenacity of our failure finds me in this place have you ever, have you waited? I find the ancestors, they don't know, they don't know me. I think, I feel they don't really see, they don't really hear, nor they don't smile really. You see, disjuncted, what memory, what memory of mine do you want to reside in? Because at this point they're not shared and we don't have the same conscience, the words, the speak, sound far away the words tumble down and inflection get lost in ebbs mostly ebbs falling tumbling until the memory has become a dream that i can confuse as deja vu and you can smile and squint at me and tell me they don't exist as you sip your wine and i think hard to try to keep this memory pure pure of other people but i can't because I can't be alone. And that's why we have this beautiful cacophony of misunderstandings in the first place.
to write and to erase by writing the feelings I shared together in harmony. I sing, sing of me, sing of me, sing of me, sing of me. I find it hard to touch the walls without your hands. I hear your voice distorted in my mind where everything runs around. My long hair keeps me from absorbing too much information. The structure of the poem changes because this is mine and somehow never yours. Write to me, tell me about your day and then pretend I never cared because you're too impatient for my neurotic replies, party to party I fly and say, there needs to be more wine. There needs to be more music. There needs to be some way we can keep this memory. The poem never ends because the darkness comes slow, comes slow, comes slow, comes slow. I find inflections and downfalls to be aesthetically pleasing, I think. My parents would find it disturbing. They find me confusing. And when they find me disturbing is when they shut me down. I have felt the wall within the house and the rapture nowhere or where I had left them it falling down the stanzas since sentences feel too finite and decisive in art the gray in real world the black the black outside is rough i find darkness reveals the width of a person thank you great fantastic time um yeah that's a that's a mammoth uh, journey uh, yeah. in many ways um I'm going to have to read that and listen to it a couple more times, I think. Um, but now that I've got it recorded, I can listen to it to my heart's content. And uh, I thank you for that. Um, brilliant. Ty, I, I definitely look forward to planning some more chats. Um, and then we can perhaps go into a bit of analysis once I've had some time to yeah, consume uh, a particular poem. And then maybe we could talk about it as, uh, as we go through. So, yeah, thank you very much. For sure. Thank you so much, Zach. This was amazing. Two and a mic.